Welcome, Rinkrats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Ringcast Episode 8, exclusively sponsored by our friends and premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. And use the discount code THERINK, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, to get 10% off of all of your holiday purchases. Today is Wednesday, December 20th, 2017, and I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? I am joined by my good friend, co-host, and fellow angry old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hey, man. <laughs> Seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. Indeed. Ain't that, ain't that the truth? Indeed. And together, we are your most trusted sources at the newest hockey hangout, the-rink.com. So uh, here we are, guys. Um, I just want to give a quick shout-out right now, uh, or at least uh, an announcement. Um, Tonight, we're making the announcement that the message board and commenting features on the website will be active as of now, as of this moment, as of what you're listening to. As of they are active. (laughs) Yes, as of five minutes ago, actually. But uh, I, I, I uh, added the little box just for, for those of you who go to the website all the time. If you go to the main page and you kind of scroll down on the right-hand side, there's a little box on there where you can register or if you've got your password or if you uh, have already registered and you want to just sign in, there's a little box down there where you can do that. There's also a, a little thing called the, uh, the locker room forums uh, right at the top in the middle of the menu, which will take you to everything. There will be... Uh, Message or there will be topics started for each article that we write, and you can go in there and comment as you like. So uh, I know a lot of people have asked for that. A lot of people have wanted that. So now, now it is official. We uh, we it, we are now open for business with commenting and uh, message boards. So and for for those of you who uh, are uh, somewhat internet challenged like myself, somewhat digitally challenged. So when you when you read an article. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you'll see the beginning of the forum comments right there. You just, uh, if you're signed in, you can go ahead and jump on, um, or you can register at that at that point in time when you try to to jump on. And it pretty much works like any other message board. You'll you'll have a member name, um, and you can you know respond to other people's comments. Hey, I believe we can quote quote comment too, right, Jeff? Or no? Probably. I mean, I I have to look into it. <laughs> Uh, usually that's, that's usually like a basic thing for message yeah. boards. So I would assume you yeah. can. Yeah. So, you, um, you, you know, yeah. it, we're anticipating that as you guys get into this and, uh, with some of the people who, uh, we know are going to be participating, we're going to have some really great hockey discussion. Um, and, uh, you know, some of these threads could get uh, several hundred long in terms of comments. And, and as long as the comments are positive and constructive and, and, uh, respectful for everybody, um, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be great for everyone. And, uh, so, um, yeah, they're up, they're ready to go. Just come on over, sign up. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're a seasoned veteran with this all message board thing. And, you know, I, I didn't, we didn't have really a message board at the old site, so we didn't really deal with this stuff. So this is, this is your, uh, this is your expertise here. So this is a grizzled veteran. Yes. Grizzled veteran of the, uh, grizzled veteran of a thousand psychic wars. Yeah. I just, Um, Oh, I am going to, I am going to actually put up an FAQ. Uh, I'm actually drafting it up right now. Nice. uh, Probably up maybe tomorrow with some simple little things for people who are, you know, may have little questions or, and it could be amended at any time. Well, I'll let, you know, John will be able to go in and amend the FAQ or, uh, or any of us will be able to go in and, and, uh, 
and edit it if there's something that needs to be added on there that needs to be explained to the to you guys so yeah and we don't at present have a code of conduct but pretty much works like this if you act like an idiot you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna leave um and if you act like a big idiot you're gonna leave for good so um in the meantime we are working on um our code of conduct uh, with our attorney, our staff attorney, who also happens to be one of our moderators on, on the thread. And uh, we're going to get that going um, here in the next couple of months as well, along with some other uh, more formalized things for the website. But this is all a process. And uh, we love the fact that you guys have uh, been patient with us and uh, just, you know, kind of joined in and enjoyed the site. And this is going to be a big part of it. We're going to you're going to you're going to get to interact with a lot of people, some of whom, you know, some of whom you probably don't know from uh, around uh, Blackhawk Nation. And, uh, you know, if it's anything like the, the boards we had on, on Hockey Buzz, um, especially the last couple of years, um, you're going to really enjoy this. It's going to be some amazing hockey discussion um, on just about every thread. So look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a work in progress. We may need to make some adjustments. So be patient with us. And, and I want to thank everyone for being patient with us uh, while, while I develop this part of it. So, uh, you know, I hope everyone enjoys this and I hope everyone has a good time. Uh, this is kind of our little Christmas present, our little early Christmas present to all of you fans to let you jump in and uh, add your two cents into things as well. So, Because after all, who needs a tax cut, right? When you got message boards <laughs> on the rig.com. Mega. <laughs> <laughs> Mega, baby. Right on. Super loop. <laughs> um, so anyway, um. I want to also read a couple of uh, reviews. We got three new reviews. I want to thank everyone, thank the people who actually put reviews in. Uh, we got one from Chris779, which I don't know who that is, but thank you for listening. We got one from our boy Southside Zoe, who I also ah. want, <laughs> who I also want to thank for uh, inviting me on the 312 podcast last week, where we talked, you know, a little Blackhawks hockey for a little bit. And uh, we got one from QStash as well. So first of all, nice. I want to, I want to read from QStash. He just basically says, great analysis. Keep up the good work. Great podcasts and blogs. Thank you very much, Q-Stash. Nice. Uh, Southside Zoe, our boy, Matt Zawoski. Uh, Hawks fans must listen. Although it would be nice if one of these guys hung out one night with Sharp. <laughs> this podcast is easily the people's <laughs> champ of Blackhawks podcast. It's real. Add to your podcast arsenal. So thank you very much. Nice. Yes. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> and... Uh, Chris 799. Sorry, it's Chris 799. Enjoyable podcast. This is a good podcast for the Chicago Blackhawks fans. They do a good job of breaking down the games and honestly and accurately reporting on the team's performance. So nothing too extraordinary or crazy, but thank you for uh, for taking the time out to rate and review us. We really appreciate that. So uh, anyone else wants to do that, please feel free. The next episode, I'll read it off for you. So... Uh, I think that's it as far as house cleaning stuff goes. So let's kind of, uh, get, get, get into the Blackhawks stuff. Cause I, I, I think, uh, if at all possible, we may turn this into kind of a mailbag show at the end where we spend a little bit more extensive time, uh, talking about the questions that people have asked it, uh, because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's the holiday season and, uh, we're going to give them a little bit extra, a little bit, a little extra airtime. So. We got a lot of good questions this week too. Yeah, for sure. Um, new questions, people asking, uh, new people asking questions. So, uh, so the Blackhawks are two and zero since we last recorded. Uh, we were both kind of concerned uh, because the Blackhawks were kind of bum slaying and not really. They weren't even really slaying. They were kind of just toying with some bums, <laughs> and uh, 
you know, they had to play against uh, the Jets, who have, you know, a, a pretty good record in the division. And uh, Minnesota, you know, always kind of plays them pretty tough for the most part. And, and uh, so we wanted to see what what was going to happen. And they, you know, they went two and zero. They they outscored their opponents nine to two. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was our very last um, recast. I <laughs> I was saying how un- unlikely it is that we would be sitting here in a couple of weeks looking back and talking about how much the team has improved. And yet here we are talking about how much the team's improved. And you know, I think the first couple of games of, of this winning streak. At the first three games, I think most of us were saying, yeah, but, I mean, they were beating the Buffaloes and the, the Arizonas um, and the Floridas. Um, we said, you know, the big test will be when they go on the road to Winnipeg. Now, they got Winnipeg without Dustin Bufflin, without Toby Enstrom, um, which, you know, that, that would be akin to facing the Blackhawks without Duncan Keith and, and um, you know, say, say maybe Seabrook. And... You know, um, but still, I mean, you you can't you can't say in spite of that the Blackhawks didn't play very well. They did, and um, then uh, the next game uh, at home against Minnesota again. Um, you know, they they just the Hawks came out. They controlled play most of the night. Um, they uh, they've definitely turned the corner on some things. I know I know one of our questions that I'm looking forward to answering is can this team contend? And my first answer to that question is contend for what? <laughs> um, but, you know, the other thing, too, about this, and, and I, I remember last year, um, you know, the, this, the team was very schizophrenic last year and like this team is this year. And I remember at the end of the season getting a lot of I told you so's from people, you know, best record in the West. And, you know, this this team is great. Look at look at the regular season record they've compiled in spite in spite of their inconsistency. And then they went in the playoffs and yeah. So I, I think that, you know, the bottom line is, is what I want to see from this team um, with regard to this whole question of, you know, how good they are is, you know, I want to see them them really play in a way that reflects really a really strong playoff hockey style because um, the regular and it's hard to find see that in the regular season because so many of the games are played kind of like track meets and not like, you know, the the trench warfare of the playoffs. So. I'm going to reserve judgment on that. I mean, there's there's definitely some positives, and we're going to talk about those at length tonight. But I'm still not ready to say, you know, this team is poised to to a get to the playoffs and b make a long run. I don't know yet. I mean, I'm I'm not ruling it out certainly, but I'm not, I don't know yet if they're that team yet either. Yeah. Um. I mean, there there's still some, you know, Sad isn't necessarily really scoring. He's he's making plays, but he's not really scoring. Taves not really scoring. Uh. To bring it now, since he's moved up to the first line again, making plays, not really scoring. That first line isn't. You know, we're not getting a whole lot of offense out of them right at this point in time. Uh, where you're getting the offense, though, Kane has woken up again. Yeah, and uh, and it just goes to show by him. You know, last week being the the NHL's first star, uh, which and apologies and fax machines. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry, but uh, he just still happens to be the best American player in the uh, NHL yeah. right now. And yeah. uh, when he when he just when he decides he want to impose his will on uh onto another you know on other teams and decides he gives a shit he's one of the top players in the nhl and just basically does what he wants when he wants it's just yeah. a matter of him caring i think but uh <clears throat> i you know i think it's a lot of it has to do with the defense the defense has really improved dramatically over the course of the year and they they're they're really getting i think 
dramatic improvement out of two guys, um, Gustav Forsling and Connor Murphy. You know, and I'd like to to lump uh, Jan Ruda in there, but Ruda's really been pretty good since the beginning of the year. It's the other two who started the year, and they weren't they weren't really doing that well. And those guys have just dramatically improved, and you can see them improving almost night by night. Um, to where I I think that you know, and with the Hawks with their system, it always starts from from the back end, and that that <laughs> hey, you know, smooth fast flow out of their own end, and uh, you know, in, in into the neutral zone and the opponents. Um, offensive zone and uh, then maintaining long offensive zone pressure. And they're doing all those things right now. That's, and that's the way uh, Quenville wants this team to play. And uh, I think, it, I think it really starts with the D. Yeah. Hey, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it does. Uh, and speaking of the D, uh, you know, with Ruda and Franzen out, in uh, the, it was, it was announced today that, that they won't be back for tomorrow in Dallas, uh, which is fine. Give them another, you know, give them, give them some more time to heal because yeah. the defense really right now is they're playing their, their, their seventh and eighth defensemen out there. And they're, they haven't lost a step, which is sh- pretty shocking. I, I, gotta be, I gotta be honest with you after those two guys sat for weeks and weeks on end and, and Osterley even sitting longer than Kentley did. Yeah. I'm, I'm, shocked that they were able to step in the lineup. Osterley in his first game was making passes and firing the puck and Kentley in his first game scores a goal, you know, scores a yeah. nice goal towards the end of the game. Now his second game, you know, left little to be desired. Uh, you yeah. and I both commented that the bad Kentley was back, but yeah, bonehead Kentley showed up for the second game, but you know, I, you know, as I've said about him, it's, you gotta be patient with him. Um, because the, his issues are between his ears. Um, physically, he can do things that few players can, and uh, they, they got to be patient with him and, and uh, see see what happens. Because sitting putting him in the press box that that accomplishes nothing. Um, you got to play him, and uh, you know Oster. The thing about Osterley, you know he's he's had he's played pretty well. But the other thing is, is people forget when when David Runblad played with with Duncan Keith, like his. His fancy stats were like through the roof, and like you know, then there's these experts out there on the internet talking about how Runblad was this was this diamond in the rough, this un, un, undiscovered gem, and it's like, no, dude, <laughs> he really sucks. He's just playing with Duncan Keith, you know. And I mean, if you look at uh, Franson's uh, fancy stats, they're really good too. And so, I mean, bottom line, you know, Osterley's got some skill; he can do some things. I think he still has some flaws in his game, and I'm not sure he's ever going to get get past them. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be in the playoffs if he even plays in the playoffs. But um, you know, he's doing fine. He's doing fine out there now, and he he compliments Keith nicely. And to his credit, he's playing on his off on his offside too. Um, but uh, he's not the only guy doing that. I mean, Murphy's doing that, and I mean, Murphy's just been he's been seamless. I mean, his game has been really solid the last few games. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's yeah. one of those guys that's like. Uh... You know, if you don't hear, uh, if you don't mention his name, exactly, he's he's, he's kind of like it's kind of like it was kind of the same with Jomerson, yes, to a different exactly. degree. But if you don't hear him, you know, if you don't hear their name too much, that means they're doing well. So, you know, the thing I love about Murphy too, and I know that some people will just you know arch their eyebrows at this, and I'll be called a caveman. But if a guy comes through the blue line into the Hawks into the Hawks zone and he has his head down there's a real good chance he's going to get flattened. And, you know, in the reality of NHL hockey where people actually hit each other, that's a big deal. That that really makes a difference. 
because it's just, you know, teams can't run around the ice like they're 10 feet tall and, you know, think that they're going to get away with everything. And I, and I don't mean, you know, you know, taking cheap shots or anything, but also, you know, being able to, to come into the zone and try the you know, the cute plays with their heads down, someone's going to get nailed. And so their heads have to be on a swivel. They've always got to be thinking about that. And that will slow a team down. Um, and, you know, the beauty of it is, is Murphy doesn't ever look like he's really getting out of position when he does it. He seems to time his hits pretty well. And uh, um, it, I think that's a that's a nice new dimension for this team. As opposed to earlier in the season when he was running around. Running around, yeah. Yeah, like yep. a chicken with his head cut off. He was like he was trying to prove a point, and he was yep. going well out of position to do it, with, and then leaving his partner, uh, you know, hanging out to dry. Hanging out to dry. Yeah. So, yeah, it's – it. you know what? He, I think we said this a, a while ago, which is – if you're going to expect him to be Nicholas Jalmerson, you're going to be disappointed right? because he may never be Nicholas Jalmerson. It's very likely he will never be what Nicholas Jalmerson was. That said, he could still be a good player and just let him create his own legacy in exactly. this city. You know, don't compare him to the player he was traded for because, you know, if you do that in every trade, no trade is going to, you know, come out equal or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, just let's let's uh, let's enjoy Connor Murphy playing well. Let's enjoy Duncan Keith carrying players because he's still able to do it. Yeah, uh, you know, let's let's enjoy Brent Seabrook t- getting a little less ice time and uh, adjusting to it well, and the rest of the team adjusting to it as well. Uh, you know, uh, Kepney and uh, Osterley playing well, and then Ruda and Friends and probably coming back at some point in time, and uh, Forsling actually playing well as well. So everyone seems to be playing with a little bit more confidence on defense, which I think is been, you know, worlds of difference for the, for the entire rest of the team. So, yep. Um, now on the, on the flip side of all this, <laughs> we have your <laughs> boy. Yeah. Side. Yeah. Your boy, um, your boy that you wrote about this week, Mr. Patrick Sharp. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, I don't know it, if he's my boy per se. I know I'm. I'm just giving it. The, the, <laughs> I should. I should have had the air quotes and the sarcasm font. Yes, yes, the old air yeah. quotes. But uh, Patrick Sharp, who uh, you and I both were uh, pretty critical about them, them bringing him back. Like, what's he really going to do? And you know, of course, we heard, oh, he's going to be the, you know, the best twenty goals. You know, the cheapest twenty goals they're going to ever get. Well, yeah. He better get his ass in gear if he's going to get 20 goals this year because uh, he's stuck at three. And, uh, you know, he yeah, might be lucky you know, to make I, 10. Here's this point. the thing. I mean, it's like it's like anything else we talk about. The worm can turn. Yeah. And Sharp could really pick it up and uh, could, could really come on strong at some point, And that would be a great thing for this team. I you know what I heard um, over the summer when I first heard that they were that they were looking at bringing him back. It was kind of like he was almost like a fallback in case some other things didn't work out in trades and free agency. And um, I was a little shocked that they went out the first day and signed him. I thought they were going to wait a little longer based on what I heard, but you know, maybe they felt like at that point they had to pull the trigger on it and they probably did because there were apparently other teams interested in him. But uh, you know, what I heard is, is not that they were counting on him for anything more, more sort of that he was going to be, you know, sort of in that 13th forward range, a guy that they would spot here and there and see what they had in him because he was coming off a couple of fairly serious injuries last year. And, um, you know, I think when we last saw him in Chicago, he was, you know, on the third line and, you know, kind of looking like he was not, you know, what he used to be. And I want to be completely fair. I mean, this is a guy who 
was a major piece of, you know, arguably the greatest era of Blackhawk hockey. And he was a great two-way player. I don't think he is anymore. I think that at 35, after some of the injuries he's had the last couple of years, I think he's really slowed down quite a bit. He's out there trying, you know, it's, it's not like the guy's like lazy or floating. He just doesn't, he doesn't have the burst he used to have. He's, he's a little bit behind the play at times. And, you know, I think, I think what we're getting out of him is probably what, what we're going to get out of him. And as a result, you know, you got a guy like Panic sitting on the bench and, you know, Panic has been more productive in less games than Sharp has been. Panic is younger. He's bigger. He's at this point faster. Um, he's also a good defensive player, so you don't really lose anything there. And, you know, Panic, you know, other than, than going through a goalless streak, um, there, there really was no other reason to sit him. The guy still was, was, you know, giving effort. He was still making good plays, especially on the defensive side of the puck. Um, and he deserves to play and the best players should play. Yeah. Period. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, you know, it's, it was kind of, uh, floated out, I think today in the Twitter land after you brought it up a couple days ago, that, uh, looks like Sharp may be on the outside looking in for at least tomorrow versus Dallas, which is actually kind of ironic to me because I would think maybe they might want to play him against Dallas since it's, you know, he spent last year, last years with Dallas and then maybe, you know, set him after that, but I don't know, whatever, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. Uh, I have no problem with it. Uh, I want to see, you know, panic, get his button gear and actually start putting the puck in the net again, at least a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, he needs to join into the offense a little bit. They, they gave him that big, uh, that, that decent, uh, increase in, in, uh, money. And, uh, he needs now to now be a little more consistent on the scoring end of the, the ring. You know, I think he's the kind of guy he's like a, some other power forwards, you know, and I, I think that's what he really is. He's a power forward. I think he's a guy who's got to get involved physically first and then his offensive game will come to him. Um, you know, cause panic's another one of those guys who occasionally he'll lay some people out and, I, I'm, I'm definitely in my meathead mode tonight, apparently. That's all I'm talking about is <laughs> flattening people. But, I mean, you know, he will. And, and I think when he does that, um, then his offensive game comes to him pretty pretty effortlessly. And, and uh, I think he, he he gets confidence when he when he engages physically. And, and so, he you know, he just needs to, to maybe do that, and that'll get him going, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, we can hope uh, because yeah. uh, he, he, you know – if if he was making you know under a million or whatever, who who cares if he he's right. throwing the puck in the net? But now that he had a year like he had last year, now he's kind of expected to to be able to to add a little something on the offensive end of the ice, and uh, he hasn't. Yeah, been doing I remember that. you know when they signed him, it was there was I thought I thought actually that they may have overpaid a bit for him, and you know somebody else, our, our buddy Forklift said to me, he said no, you know for a legitimate NHL power forward. Uh, 20 goal guy, you know, he's, he's a bargain at, at I think it's like 2.9. They're paying him two point something like that. That's something like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, the argument was a guy like that's worth 4 million a year. He's not, you know, even playing, you know, good defense and, and not scoring, he's not worth that. So um, yeah, he, and this, this is his opportunity when he comes back in to, uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. He's at two to, uh, to pick it back up just to, uh, to reiterate, he's making 2.8. So 2.8. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, all right. Well, we're going to see him back in the lineup and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, usually uh, it, the, another shocking kind of thing with uh, Joel Quenville is he, when he wins, 
he usually sticks with the same lineup. He doesn't usually make yeah. changes, and he's not making changes on the defensive side. He's letting those guys sit and, and, and rest it out for another game. But he is, at least from all indications today, that he is uh, going to sit sharp and bring panic back in the lineup. So I guess we won't know until tomorrow. We can only speculate, but uh. that's what it looks like. So, um, you know, uh, as far as other players go, uh, Henestrosa scoring uh, against uh, – Against Winnipeg was good. Uh, it was good to see him get a goal. So, uh, you know, he seems to be fitting in pretty well as well. And, and it's nice to see because, you know, they need a little bit of, you know, they need a little bit of offense. And, and something that, that got brought up, and, and I don't know, this kind of just flew right by my head until he actually came up and was playing is that um, he has chemistry with Ryan Hartman. They happen to be very close friends. They've played for years in uh, lower levels and they're from the same general area and they're very close friends. So it even made more sense to bring Henestrosa up to play with Hartman, who was not playing well. And now, you know, Hartman got a goal against Minnesota and it was a nice goal, drove hard to the net. Yeah. That was a real nice shoulder. Goal. I mean, this was something and we didn't even bring this up. And, and I don't, I don't know if Mario had it in his piece. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but, um, Mara said that we can't ignore Henestrosa any longer. And this is even more reason why we shouldn't have, you know, why let Tanner Carroll sit on the bench, send him down to Rockford. Who cares if someone picks him up, they pick him up, but they're probably not bring Henestrosa out here and, and let him show, you know, let him show what he can do. And, uh, and now, you know, Hartman's playing better and Henestrosa's playing all right. And now it looks like the third line doesn't look so bad you know, when you got Patrick Sharp out there and, and maybe, maybe that'll help white wake uh, panic up tomorrow. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, so that's really, I mean, like I said, there's, there hasn't been uh, much other than that in the last two games. Other I mean, the Blackhawks getting 48 shots on net against Minnesota was pretty surprising. I, I didn't, uh, you know, with Suter playing, I, I, you know, they got a pretty decent defense. I, I, don't wouldn't normally predict that they you're going to see the Blackhawks get 48 shots on net in a regulation game, but they did, and uh, you know they, it was a pretty convincing win. So, yep. Uh, and and then you have Tommy Wingles too, who's been like a red hot on the fourth line, scoring like you know what four goals in five games or something like that. So they're getting scoring too from some unexpected places, which is nice. Uh, I, I don't yeah, know. The fourth much... line has been, has done their job all year. Yeah. I mean, I have no complaints about that line at all. No, 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 no. It's, it's kind of a, a lot like, uh, it was it 2013 when they had 2015. That... Yeah. Like Shaw, uh, Kruger and Desjardins. That was yeah. a really good line. Yeah. And well, they had another one when, uh, even when Bolig was playing well, I think it was yeah, in 13. Bol- that was Bolig, uh, Michael Froelich and Kruger. Yeah. Which was an excellent fourth 13. line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are these guys are you know. Sh- I'm not going to say they're you know they're, they're Marcus Kruger and, and Michael Froelich. Michael Froelich's an excellent player, so is Kruger. But these guys are doing very well, and they're they're playing their parts. They understand it. They're they're embracing it, and uh, I, I I don't have any complaints either on the fourth line right now. I the team looks really well, but uh, again, it could fall off the cliff tomorrow. Uh, we've seen this twice this year where they, you know, in the first two games of the year where they, they outscored their opponents, like, you know, 12 to one or two. And then they went, the, they went in the crapper and then they, uh, they went out a couple other times and, and beat some teams, uh, pretty, pretty handily. And then went right back in the crapper again. So, uh, let's, let's just take it again. One, one game at a time, uh, just move on. You know, we'll see what they do against Dallas tomorrow and then, uh, we'll go from there. So, 
Yeah, the guy on that line, I, you know, I we we have a lot of fun with Big John Stud, John Hayden. Um, I just I love the way he plays. I mean, you know, he's 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 you know just one of those guys that he's got a bad attitude on the ice, and he's not taking any crap off anybody. He's fearless, and uh, you know, I, I enjoy watching him play. But Tommy Wingles, I couldn't be happier for him. I mean, you know, he was kind of on the outs in Ottawa with Guy Boucher for some reason, and you know, he signed a a real sort of sweetheart of a deal for the Hawks to come to Chicago. And, you know, he's a guy that makes a difference every night. I mean, he, he does all the little things and, and he's getting some goals too. And it's, it's great to see. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's another one of those hometown, uh, hometown stories that uh, Mr. McDonough really seems to love. So, uh, and it's yeah, working out. You got to bring back that darling. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> bring back that darling. Yeah, that got fired up again the other day, which with all, all the meatballs and it's like, how could you even at this point in time with uh, a, a, even if, if you look at the eye test or you look at the stats, like either way, Corey Crawford is. Oh well, you know yeah. he's the reason this team is any you know doing anything at all. I mean, high danger scoring chances. Some guy uh, wants to argue that high danger scoring chances mean nothing. That's like, that is the stat nowadays yeah. that goalies are measured on five on five by far. Corey Crawford. Yeah. Five on five high yeah. danger scoring chances. That's what you're, that's supposed to be the metric that you can, you know, the, at least the true metric that you can uh, judge a goalie on as far as stats go, you know, goals against the average can, you know, have a lot of things, a save percentage, you know, if you don't hit, you know, if you're, if, if you Factor in the you know the power play and the penalty kill can kind of skew it one way or the other depending on how your team plays, but high danger five on five scoring chances, uh, what your save percentages should be like the top stat you look at, and 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 people want to argue about that. Yeah, it, it, I I got to shake my head at some point. Like it's you're just grasping at straws now because sure you could probably go out there and try to make some kind of argument about something, but I mean you're just making yourself look like a fool at that point in time. <clears throat> Speaking of arguments, though, uh, the NHL Network continued to put out lists. They love yeah. their lists. And uh, they put out a list this week. Uh, it was the NHL Network. And, I, and, and I, I, in all honesty, I don't know how they put this list together. I don't know if they just sat a bunch of people in a room and threw names onto a, a sheet of paper. I don't know if they put if they threw darts at something on the wall. But they put a list together of top captains of all time for the NHL. And... Um, this is where I'm not going to be a homer because they've Jonathan Taze listed at number seven, and I'm going to disagree with that. I think Jonathan Taze is a great captain, but in the hundred years of the NHL, he is not the seventh best captain. He's a very good captain. Yeah. Those lists are so stupid. I, you know, and people get so upset about it. You know, it's, it's clickbait. Yeah. You know, who cares? Yeah. I mean, who cares what some right? I mean. Nobody, you know, listen, people can say the same thing about you or me. I mean, who, we could make lists and people go, who cares what those guys think? I mean, it's all subjective. And yeah, I mean, you know, to me, it, what it comes down to is Stanley Cups. And um, there's, I know there are some captains who, who've had more Stanley Cups than Taves. Um, I think they had Messier and, Bel- and Beliveau ahead of Taves. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where Taves belongs on that list. He's been a really good captain. I think they had it. Didn't they even have him ahead of Crosby? Yes. I don't they, know how you do that. No, no, get this. This is the one that's going to make everyone's jaws drop. Jonathan Taze was two slots ahead of Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. I mean, come on. 
that, that yeah, I, it's, I, well, it's, but they're also they're not they're again they're not going by the best player. They're going by the best captain. So they're measuring intangibles, leadership. It's completely subjective. Yes. So it's it's like okay, so that's what some guy at the hockey news thinks. Let him think that. You know, and people. I mean, I don't know. It's not. It's not worth getting upset about. There's other. No. so many other things that are worth getting upset about, and that's the stuff that we get upset about. So. Yeah. No, I'm not. I, I'm not like super upset about it. I just had to bring it up because it was, you know, a subject that it, right. that had to do with the Blackhawks. But, um, it's just it doesn't like it doesn't even compute from a Blackhawks side of things. Like that's right. wow. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't agree with that. Maybe you know if you want to put him in the top twenty five, I'd be okay, fine. Maybe maybe twenty five, twenty four, something like that. But number number seven ahead of Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux, Nick Lindstrom, uh, to name yeah. a few. I mean, I, yeah. Come on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And the other thing is too is I mean, there's Taves and and Crosby still have some hockey left in them. We'll see how that plays out over time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So now would be a good time to hear a quick message from our sponsor. Uncle JJ, can you tell us a Christmas story? Yeah, tell us a Christmas story. Was the night before Christmas? Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, insert ecumenical midwinter holiday here. And all through the flats. Not a creature was scoring. Not even the cat. The rink rats were snuggled. All warm in their beds. All visions of puck hockey gear danced in their heads here at the rink.com we want to wish you and yours a happy and bountiful holiday season and remind you that when you click through on the puck hockey link p-u-c-k-h-c-k-y on the-rink.com and order gear for holiday gift giving you get a 10 percent discount including including the newly designed official rink.com line specially designed for all you rink rats out there so take it from your favorite rosy-cheeked middle-aged guy with a eh, slight weight problem and your favorite christmas goalie elf take advantage of the rink.com discount on the coolest hockey fashion on the planet at puckhockey.com t-u-c-k-h-c-k-y.com well um we're, we're only about 35 minutes in, so I think we could spend a, a considerable amount of time on some questions here. Uh, sure. Because that's pretty much it as far as the Blackhawks stuff goes. Um, I'm looking forward to the one from Anderson's Artillery. Yeah. I've prepared to answer this. Yes. Yes. We, we just, uh, you, I assume that he probably hasn't listened to me or you, you know, several times talk about this, but we will... Uh, I think we should... Maybe, maybe we'll start with that. I think we'll start with that. Since Anderson's Artillery, who is actually... They have to do with the Columbus Blue Jackets, kind of our little, you know, uh, I guess little brothers fan base, kind of. Yeah. Uh, where we, you know, we are, we, and especially in your family, because, you know, your, yeah. your household is split. So pretty uh, much. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much isolated, actually. Me and my sons. Yeah. My sons are, are uh, Blackhawk fans, but uh, my wife is a Blue Jackets fan. Her family are Blue Jackets fans. So. Um, and I get to see the Blue Jackets a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, if I have a favorite team in the East, it's probably them. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, and we so. love to go like we used to go out with, uh, you know, Stankus and I, yeah. and we all, we would all go out to, you know, out to Columbus to see the Blackhawks play out there. And even, even if we were out there starting crap, like fans were really cool. Uh, and, uh, even, you know, before and after games and stuff, uh, we had no problems and 
it's a nice area. It's a great stadium. Uh, yeah, I like I like the cannon. So <laughs> I don't. I pretty much hate the cannon. I, I love the cannon, but um, I'll, of course I don't have to listen to it as much as you do or some other people. But yeah, but uh, so speaking of Anderson's artillery, who I think who I believe is kind of uh, loosely involved with uh, the biscuits. Uh, yeah, the biscuit guy. Biscuit podcast yeah. guys. Yeah. So anyway, so he said actually uh, his question was almost forty games in. What what is the feeling about the Sad and Panarin deal? Take it away, um, my friend. So my feeling is, if if you look at it on the basis of points scored thus far in thirty three thirty four games in the season, if you if you just look at that, then you go, oh well, Columbus won the deal. Um, I think it's I think in order to evaluate evaluate this deal, it's a lot more complicated. Um, and it's really interesting because I, I got into this with a guy who, you know, went on and on on a, a different podcast uh, about a month or so ago about how the Blackhawks got totally jobbed and Stan Bowman was an idiot and they got so much better out of this deal. And, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, I, I, I sent him a note on, on Twitter and I tweeted at him, actually. I said, you know, so I'm just curious what, why you think that. And he said, well, you know, um, Panarin's younger. And he, he's going to score more. He's got a longer career. I said, dude, Panarin is a year and a half older than Saad is. He's like, oh, well, well I mean, he, he's got more time. He's his style of play. He's not going to get hurt. No, he thought he literally thought because Panarin was newer in the league that he was younger than Saad. He's not. No. I think I think there may be quite a few people who are confused about that. Panarin's 26 years old. Saad, I think, just turned 25. They both make the same amount of money. But here's the deal. Panarin is an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2020. Saad is signed for two more years beyond that. They make the same exact amount of money, $6 million a year. That year, so so the Blackhawks, in doing that swap, while they may have, they may have traded out some goals, and, and we can talk more about you know the, the relative skills of the players on ice, and I, there's more to that. The other thing is, is I think that you got to look at the other play, players involved in the deal, but I'll come back to that. But in two, so in the summer of 2020, the Blackhawks, in trading Sod and in trading Nicholas Jomerson, or excuse me, in trading Panarin and Nicholas Jomerson, avoided a big cap again in the summer of 2020. They, uh, they, um, is it 2020 or 2019? I guess it's the summer of 2019. Yeah, it's 2019. Sorry. Um, yeah. Summer of 2019. Yeah. So they um, avoided a big problem for, with their own salary cap in 2019. Now, at, at that year, the Hawks are going to be in pretty good shape in that summer where they were going to have to overpay to keep those guys or they, or they were going to have to pay a king's ransom to keep those guys because Panarin's going to make more money on his next deal. And uh, Jalmerson at $4.1 million now was is going to make more money on his next deal. Someone will pay him. Even though he's not doing well in Arizona, Arizona right now, I guarantee you he will get north of five million dollars a year. Yeah, on some on some kind of deal. So mm-hmm. um, now you're Columbus. You've got Panarin. He's he's lighting it up for you, especially with assists. He's uh, he's showing some real skill as a playmaker. But that year, the the summer of 2019, you have to pay. You've got to pay. Let's see. Um. Sonny Milano is a, is a restricted free agent. Uh, Zachary Wierenski is a restricted free agent. You're going to have to pay him something. And Sergei Bobrovsky is a unrestricted free agent that summer. Now, 
But Rossi's already making seven point four million, so it remains to be seen how much more he's going to make. But you know, and the Blue Jackets are a pretty good place cap wise right now. Although they're they're going to be paying Feder Tutin and Scott Hartnell a boatload of money until two thousand twenty one. <laughs> yeah, almost three million dollars. Um, yeah. So you know, the the Blackhawks kind of traded a little bit of a cap headache two years from now in this deal. Now. So you got Panarin's got about 10 more points so far than Saad does. Saad's actually scored more goals, but Panarin's, like I said, he's been lighting it up in terms of assists. Um, I th- but I think the other – so, you know, and honestly, Gabe, you tell me. I think the Hawks' two best forwards have been Saad and Anisimov this season. Or at least probably consistent, yeah. And Kane. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, you um, can't you, – you, outside of Kane, and Kane's kind of yeah. more the obvious one. But yeah, but, you know, Saad I mean, Saad, is, Saad's, he's doing everything you ask him. He's all three situations, penalty kill, um, five versus five and um, power play. And, you know, he's he's been, you know, he's been the Brandon Saad that we knew and loved in Chicago. He's a 200 foot player. Um, he does little things that don't always show up in the score sheet. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, it's funny, like a week before this deal happened and, um, around the time I started to hear that the Hawks were actually shopping Panarin, I, I said on my, on my message board at that time that I, I really could see Columbus being a fit for Panarin because, you know, they they wanted that true scoring left wing to play with uh, Alex Wenberg. Now, as it turns out, they've got him playing more with um, – trying to remember what the centers they have him playing with more so. Um, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Maybe but, Davinsky? Um, you know, he, know. He's played some with Wenberg. Um, the point is, you know, he's he's – He's fit in well with them. He's he seems to get along well with Tortorella, so it, it's good for them. And I think Saad's been great for the Hawks. And but then the other thing is in that deal that I think you got to look at is, um, uh, what's his name? Forsberg. Yeah, Tyler Mott for Anton Forsberg. Forsberg yeah. And Tyler Mott. Okay, so I felt that the guy of those two who has the higher upside is Forsberg. I think Forsberg has. Potential number one starter talent, but he's got to get, you know, his his fundamentals down. He's got to become more consistent. Um, but I, I think he has the natural ability, um, the athletic ability to be a number one goalie in the league someday. And I think if he achieves that, then this deal maybe tips back over towards Chicago because I, I, I think Tyler Mott's a good kid. And I think that he probably has an NHL future. I just don't think he's ever going to be a legitimate top six player in the NHL. I think he's going to be more of a lower line type guy and more yeah. of a role player. Yeah. So that's my take. So it's it's sort of too soon to really call one team the winner or the other. And I also think you have to look at it in terms of the dollars and the contracts um, and the contract lengths um, and, you know, the the repercussions of both for, for both teams. Yeah, I, I think, you know, this this – this might be sound sound like I'm copping out, but I think both teams won. Um, I think you know, I think Columbus got what they wanted, which is they wanted more. You know, they wanted Saad to be you know the face of the franchise, the big score, the the flashy face of the franchise kind of thing, and he really wasn't that kind of guy, even though he played very well there. It's not really his his forte being the flashy no. you know face of the franchise kind of thing. Panarin, the 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 smiling young like, you know, flashy face of the franchise thing. That's what they needed. And that's what they got. Blackhawks, what they needed was they needed something to even out the lines a little bit. Uh, they didn't need, you know, yeah. one line loaded up. This The second line seems to be doing fine with Anisimov and Kane. 
without Panera on that line, they're doing fine. Yeah, uh, they are. But Saad helps that first line, helps take yeah, he a little pressure off of him. And, uh, you know, now you got to brink it over there, but you had panic over there. Um, it, it kind of it gives them a little more steady depth on, on, on you know, in all fronts. So I think really honestly, and the Blackhawks, they snuck in that, that backup goalie. Like, I mean, that that has to be, like you said, that has to be brought into this as well. Like, that was snuck into there. They basically got him for free. They got a backup goalie for free almost out of this. Yeah, so. and I, I think, it, and again, Forsberg's a guy that I want to keep an eye on going forward. And, you know, his, his numbers are not great. Um, but he's actually, with real, with the exception of one game, his last game, he's played pretty well and at times very well for this team. Um, he's had a few games where he's really stood on his head and kept the Hawks in it when they were getting absolutely shelled yeah. um, with shots. And yeah. this was earlier in the year before they kind of had their defense you know, worked out. And, uh, um, I, again, I, he makes some saves that a lot of goalies don't make. I mean, and, and he can have long stretches where he's, where he's really productive. Um, his last outing wasn't real good, um, and uh, uh, we'll just have to see going forward what happens with him. Whether he's you know a career backup or a one B, or he he can eventually be a starter. Yeah, uh, I think uh, within the next couple of weeks, hopefully, maybe maybe right after the first of the year, maybe we'll have Justin Goldman from uh, the Goalie Guild come on, and That'd we'll just cool. we'll do a deep dive on Blackhawks goaltending, which is. I will be geeking out the entire time because that's yes, you will. that is my forte. So, you guys, uh, <laughs> all the blood will be will be leaving my head. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to stand up. Let's just say that. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, I, and I, I kind of stated this to to uh, Anderson's artillery. I said we're going to address this question, but w- you might be surprised by our answers on this. So uh, that's kind of where, where I was going with this. Is I think uh, both teams made out on this. I don't think either one won by a long shot. I think they both addressed needs. Yeah. And uh, in multiple ways that we've kind of described here. So. Yeah, you know, it's, and I know that in Columbus, uh, people feel like, you know, Panarin's been a real shot in the arm for them. And he has. Um, and Stan Bowman, when he made the deal, remarked that he loves to do deals with um, – Yarmo Kekalainen because he feels like they're really good value for for value deals. Conversely, in Chicago, there was a lot, there was a huge outcry when Panarin got dealt. I don't think anybody's really crying over Panarin right now. Um, a little I bit. Think there's there's an acknowledgement <laughs> he was a really good player here, but I th- I think that I think that, it, that they're not really missing a beat on that line. Um, Nick Schmaltz is is growing into that left wing role, um, and and he's a pretty uniquely skilled player. And uh, so I think I, you're, I agree. It's sort of a win-win for both teams. And who really won this deal, I think, remains to be seen in terms of how the other players in the deal develop. And, you know, how does Panarin do in the playoffs for the for the Blue Jackets? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because he wasn't that great for the Hawks in the yeah. playoffs. The first year he did all right, second year he not did. so well. Yeah, the so. St. Louis series two years ago, he, he had a good series. He was actually one of the few Hawks who played well. Last year he didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and also I want to, I also want to bring it to this Johnny Utah. I actually put in a question and it was basically the same question. Uh, if you haven't done it already, if guys provide the grades on the, the roster or off season trades, I've been pretty vocal about not liking the Panarin facade trade. So I think we've pretty much addressed the Panarin facade yeah. thing. And, uh, so, uh, but, uh, Anderson's artillery and, uh, Johnny Utah, I hope that kind of takes your, uh, takes your question for you. So and Anderson's artillery, if you're listening, 
I'm going to be at the Tampa Bay Lightning at Blue Jackets game, section 106, I believe. Come find me. All right? Yeah. That's on the 31st. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Um, let's kind of rumble down here. Uh, my boy, Billy the Terrible Terrell, uh, friend of mine, metalhead, uh, who's been following you know since the early puck and hustle days. So he, he actually took some time to, to email me a question which was with Ruta and Franzen coming back in the fold next week, do we see the Hawks running 8D or do we see Stan trying to unload Kempney for a possible trade? Do you think he's worth a second-round pick as the Hawks don't have one in 2018? Or would they just ask for a bag of pucks to replace the other ones that he's coughed up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, you know, I, I think if you get a second-round pick for Kempney, it's going to be 31st pick in the second round. Yeah. Um, that said... It's conceivable. I mean, he's a he's a guy that I think, for example, for a rebuilding team um, that really could afford to absorb some of his mistakes over the next couple of years. Uh, I think that um, um, a GM might look at him and say that with the physical ability he has, if I can develop him, um, you know, he's he'd be a steal for like a, a, a high third round pick, say. Um, so that that's possible, and I know that I heard. Uh, from somebody I trust that uh, the Hawks were having some conversations with Ottawa about him uh, as recently as last week. So we'll see. Um, it's I, I, My feeling about Kempney is, is you either got to play him and develop him and give him the ice time that he needs to develop or you got to trade him because he's not – I don't think he's getting any better sitting in the press box. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, completely. so. Yeah, I mean, God, I, lo- I got a love-hate relationship with Michael Kempney. I mean – I really thought he was going to show more than he did. And and maybe he showed enough, but just Joe Quenville soured on him quickly and getting out of, you know, pulling yourself out of that doghouse. Once you've, you know, entrenched yourself in there is just so hard. We've seen it with a million and one players and players. Yeah. Players that were actually decent players. I mean, Antoine Vermette, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, you can question Dale Weiss, but Dale Weiss got into there. Uh, but, you know, players who actually have had, you know, solid, at least solid NHL careers coming into Chicago and uh, Joe Quenville wants nothing to do with him and, and, and he doesn't want to hear about it and anything. So it's it's yeah. kind of like where I think he's gotten stuck. Uh, and, and I completely agree with you. He's not going to get any better sitting up there eating shrimp in the in the press box. I mean, he's 27 years old. He's, uh, you know, he's. He's had a one-year nine hundred thousand dollar contract. I, I'm surprised that he resigned to come back uh, this last year after he kind of got jerked around last year. Um, I, I can't see him doing it again next year, even though, you know, they're going to be, they're going to lose Franzen. They're going to have to try and sign Ruda, and then Kempney is you know up for uh, you know an extension too. So. They'll still have Osterley and, and Forsling. I, I, I got to think they're going to let Kempney walk. So if you can get something for him, yeah, sure. You know, I, I don't want to see him go because I like him, but, you know. Yeah, me too. But it's it, the, the deal is with him, though, is, again, is you, you either got to find a way to play him or you got – and I don't think sending him to Rockford is going to – he'll be a bum slayer in Rockford. Um, I think you got you to gotta trade him somewhere, and, and maybe that's what will happen. Um, but, you know – yeah, I don't know if they'll carry eight guys um, after after uh, those guys come back. I don't know. The other thing is too is 
uh, Ruda, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened to Franson with his injury, but Ruda pretty clearly got knocked onto Queer Street. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it takes it, it could take a while for him to come back from that or to come back 100 percent. And he was knocked out on the ice. Um, and, uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how long he's, he actually is out, you know, in the meantime, the defense is playing really well. And again, I, I still feel like it's Murphy and, uh, Forsling who are, you know, keeping that thing really going now, which is great to see. Yeah. 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 So uh, I guess we'll see in the coming weeks, but I don't, I also don't see a reason to, to be carrying eight defensemen as well. Oh. So, yeah. I think uh, they could clear up some spot and some salary, you know, you know, open up some space to do whatever they want to do elsewhere uh, if they could get rid of Kempney. But, uh, yeah, someone's got to want to take them. So. Yeah, I mean, the deal that I heard about, which was kind of interesting, is that um, the, that they were talking to Ottawa about Kempney and a defenseman from Rockford, you know, um, insert name here. Um, <laughs> Billy Polka. <laughs> yeah, that's all we wish. I mean, well, what if, for example, it was Gustafson? I mean, I, I would think Kemney and Gustafson could maybe get you something decent back in terms of a roster player from from a team like Ottawa. You know, you're not going to get Eric Carlson for them, or you know, that's another one of our questions. I'm looking forward to answering. Yeah, but, no uh, kidding. But Flip you know, Deutsch. Um, I know a guy that they liked last year before the deadline was Ryan Zingle from uh, who's from I believe from Wheaton. Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually I brought love, that up I and I gave you a little shout out on the three one two podcast about, about that one, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a guy like that, I don't know if, if Kempney and, and Gustafson would get you him, but um, you know, a guy like that would be a nice, nice addition to this team. Yeah. That's he's, he's what a, like a third line player kind of. Yeah. But he, you know, it's, it, I just, he's, he's a smart player and he, he's, he, he plays hard. He's got some edge to him. Um, skates. Well, I mean, he's, he's just, you know, he's a guy that, that can really help you. They're gonna they're gonna pick up all the Chicago. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, That's why they gotta get that darling back. <laughs> that they darling gotta get kid. Him back. <laughs> um. So let's see. Alex Alex underscore Doctor or Dr. Uh, do you see this team as a contender currently? If not, what are the next steps they have to take to reach that next level? You kind of mentioned this earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll start on this one. Um, sure, if they play like if they can play consistently like they are now, sure, yeah, they're they could be a decent contender. I mean, they're not gonna, uh, you know, they're not gonna be that dominant team that they were, or at least that some people thought they were last year. But uh, they could be a contender. They could, you know, make some ways in the playoffs. But they have to be more consistent. I mean, just you know, we're we're on a four or five game uh, stretch here in December. Uh, this could, you know, go either way. This could go, you know, all south after the first of the year. And so, um, you know, at, at this point in time, I'm not confident enough that they can stay consistent through through the playoffs. Uh, I think, uh, and I and I kind of mentioned this with Zoe, um, the what I saw before the, you know, at least the, the Winnipeg game is, you know, maybe they'll sh- squeak in kind of the bottom around the uh uh, the, the wild card and yeah, uh, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah maybe. And uh, maybe they go out with a whimper in the first round. I mean, that's what they looked like to me. Um, <sighs> I'm still that not. Suck. Yeah. I'm still not. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm cautious to a fault on things. I, I don't like to jump, jump the gun, which clearly, I mean, Panarin, uh, to I mean, I was not jumping on that bandwagon until they, they showed me something, uh, 
And but you know, there's several others behind them that you know, like Schmaltz last year did nothing until he came back up. Uh, a lot, a lot of players before that, you know, Tavo Teravine when he first came over. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, I I got to see some consistency. I need to see more than just you know projections and what he did somewhere else. Yeah, uh, you know. So yeah. the, the Blackhawks need to continue to do what they're doing. If they can continue, you know, into the month of January or, or you know, they could they could kind of win out most of the, the, the end of the year and then, you know, start into January, then maybe. OK. And, and play, you know, play, play and beat good teams consistently. Then I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be on board for something. But if you're just out there beating, you know, Buffalo and. A bunch of teams that, you know, like they did last year. I mean, there was a whole smoke screen with them, you know, beating, you know, winning one goal games, winning overtime or shootout games, yeah. Yeah. which inflated their record, made them look yeah. better than they actually were. And yeah. they went in the playoffs and they looked like they couldn't do the hockey. They, so, got, yeah. they got absolutely smoked. Yeah. Um, so. so my answer to that question is, is I am encouraged by what I'm seeing. I uh, definitely could see them as being a playoff team. But I, I, again, and I go back to last year when, you know, it just, and if you said it, you're guilty. This whole thing about, oh, best record in the West, you're, you're so negative, et cetera, et cetera. And then then we saw what happened in the first round. Um, and, and I think when a team plays as schizophrenically as that team played and as schizophrenically as this team has played, you're foolish to, to assume anything. And it, Shame on me for assuming ten days ago that their season was over because they've they've turned it around so much. So I'll take I'll take that on myself. But um, I think as I watch them, and I think again, you gotta you gotta separate regular season success from a team that's really built to contend in the playoffs because the team last year, the last two years, was really built for regular season success and not built for the playoffs. And as I look at this team, I think that if you're asking the question, and I think. The doctor, the good, the good doctor did ask, um, you know, what do they need? I, I tell you one thing I think that they need. Um, I'm encouraged by how the defense is coming along. I'm not sure that they need to add a defenseman um, with how much Murphy and Forsling in particular have improved and how good they've become night after night. Um, I'm not sure if Schmaltz continues to to play the way he has with, with Kane and Nisimov. They need another left wing, per se. I think what they really need, though, if if your number three and number four centers are Vincent Estrosa and Tommy Winkles, you're you're in a lot of trouble in the playoffs. I think they need a lower line center who's a, you know, you know, 52, 53 percent plus guy in faceoffs, who is tough as nails to play against. Um, you know, sort of a glue type of guy. Um, you know, maybe sort of like the the 2015 version of Antoine Vermette. I think they need that kind of player. To really, to really go into the playoffs, you know, looking like a team that can that can really compete over three, if not four lines. Yeah, um, I'll throw a name out there, Marcus Kruger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Kruger's having a good year. He's like fifty-two yeah. percent in the dot. Yeah, um, and yeah, I'd, yeah. Uh, well, I'm a big Kruger fan. Always have been. Yeah, I, we all are. You know, yeah, and uh, well, not everybody. I mean, you know, well, yeah, Jack Bump Kruger. He couldn't score no goals. My yeah, <laughs> Brian Hedger. But, yeah, no goal Kruger. Yeah, but the thing about Kruger is, is the things he does, the little things he does, the way he plays defense from from the center position, the way he kills penalties. You know, you can look at this team and say, well, they don't need another penalty killer. True, but still, I mean, 
just the, the pressure he would take off of Taves and Anisimov because one of them or both of them just don't have to play penalty kill minutes as much. Yeah, but you know, with yeah. a guy like Kruger. So yeah, I'd love to go get a Marcus Kruger type of player. And it doesn't have to be him per se. I'd love to see him come yeah, back, but right. it doesn't have to be him. Well what well, yeah. Carolina's going to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean well, I don't know what their goalie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Sorry. Sorry about that. You like that? You like that? Yeah. Um you know, I just kinda of brought that up as kind of a, you know, tongue in cheek kind of thing. But yeah, that's I mean you know, Marcus Kruger did a lot of things. And and yeah. if, if there's something in the league that you can't have too much of, penalty killers might be one of them. Penalty you know? killers, and, and I think I think centers, too. I mean, yeah. um, I remember, the, you know, the 2014 Hawk team that went to the Western Conference Finals and came within a, a bad bounce of getting in the of getting into the Stanley Cup Finals, where if that team had a weakness, it was down the middle. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I again, it's great to, to watch Henestrosa fly around the ice and, you know, use his speed and, and whatnot. But he's I don't know if he's really meant to be a center in the National Hockey League. Wingles is sort of out of position at center. He's probably better on one of the wings, um, you know, and they're getting by with that now. But Taves, I think, is the only guy over 50 percent on faceoffs. Taves and Anisimov, who are your top two centers, are not only your your you know one A and one B on the power play they're they're also on, on the penalty kill too, and that's that's just a lot of work for those guys especially as the season goes on and, and getting into the playoffs so I I really would like to see Bowman you know and again the the conversation's now got to get back to buying at the deadline, and they've got the cap room um, they'll have to craft a deal but I, I'd love to see them get a a really strong defensive faceoff winning center who could play who play either plays bigger than he is or plays a very physical style yeah well unfortunately the wild card in all this is will Jen, joe quenville like him yeah because it doesn't matter if he's good some a lot of times it only matters if joe quenville likes him and will play him so yeah yeah well there's your argument for kruger you love kruger so. yeah right exactly you know all right so moving on uh our bo- uh fellow metalhead craig carlson uh do you guys see Henestros's place on the or wait do you guys see is Henestros's place where do you guys see on is Henestros's Henestros's place on the Hawks Easy for you term? to say yeah no kidding is a productive player for them or is a trade piece uh, uh-huh. yeah, I don't know I don't I don't know if the Hawks know I mean um I've always said that Henestros has a potential to be a Chris Draper uh, Darren Helm type of player but he reminds me a little bit of Jack Skilly in that he's a guy who can be really productive at the lower levels offensively, and he assumes he's going to be that in the NHL, and he probably doesn't have the skill in his hands to be that guy in the NHL. And um, so you'd like to see him become a guy who's just really hard to play against, who can use his speed disruptively, both offensively and defensively. Um, and sometimes he shows flashes of that, but um, – I don't know. It's he just he he doesn't seem to me to be a, a three zone player at this point, and I feel like he to be really productive as an NHL player, he's got to become that guy. Um, I the whole thing about all those goals he scored at Rockford the first half of the year, I, I wasn't buying it, and I'm still not. I don't think he's going to be a real a twenty goal plus scorer in the NHL. I, I could be wrong, and I hope I am, but I don't think he's going to be. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he's kind of a tweener guy. Uh... 
you know, he just uh, a tweener to a different level, you know, Tanner Carroll to a different level. Uh, he's more of a scorer than a defensive player, but he's still kind of a tweener. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I have to see more consistency out of him as well. I mean, he played a lot of games last year and, uh, you know, there's a reason he, he ended up back in Rockford. So I, I would I, I would send him the YouTubes of uh, to borrow a phrase from John McDonough. I'd send him the YouTubes on Darren Helm and put it on repeat and say, be that kind of player for us. I mean, because Helm, you know, back around 2009, 2010, that was the kind of player he was. He was so fast and so, so hard to play against. And he was always around the puck. And I, I'd love to see Henestrosa become that kind of player for the Hawks. But, but it requires a, a mentality, I think, to be that kind of player too. Yeah, I, I think he thinks he's more of a, you know, set up high-end top six player and i don't yeah and i don't think he is that guy yeah i don't know that he necessarily is either not to say he can't be a decent nhl player if he but uh i don't think he's that either uh you know like i think he thinks he's alex to he's not and he's not yeah he's not he's not nick schmaltz either i mean you want to see guys with top six skill it's to schmaltz yeah i mean they do some things with their eyes and with their hands that i don't think henestrosa can do henestrosa's got great speed and you can use that speed. I mean, a guy like Draper or a guy like Helm, they used their speed to be really effective players. But it wasn't just to be, you know, a glory boy. It was it was to be a really a three zone player and more really, you know, the neutral zone and their own zone. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need guys like that. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Craig had a, actually had a second question. How many more goals would Crawford have given up? to the Leafs than Scott Darling, since Crawford's obviously a product of a great team in front of him. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a little throwback to the, uh, the Crawford haters online who are uh, talking about how for, uh, somehow Scott Darling has a better, uh, Corey Crawford has a better team in front of him than, uh, than the Carolina Panthers or Carolina, uh, not Panthers, the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yeah. Who, when, when you look at the numbers, have given up far less shots than the than the Blackhawks have at this point in the year. And uh, poor Darling. Yeah. I mean, Scott Darling, good guy, good you know, great story. You, you, I, I wanted to see him succeed wherever he goes, you know, because you just you but you root for him, you know. But man, the wheels have come off that train, and you know, hopefully he'll get a, he'll get a goalie. I don't know who their goalie coach is. You know, I, I'm I'm a big believer though for a lot of guys, especially those guys like Darling who are sort of in that one B, you know, backup type of category. Yeah. That a, a coach makes so much of a difference. You know, the you know the the coaching, the mentality, the 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 psychology, the confidence. Um, and you know, sometimes when a guy gets away from his coach, you know, who's who's given him a lot of success, they just fall apart. Some of them, you know, and I think that that may be the case there. Yeah. Uh- Mike Bales is actually their goaltending coach. I think from what who used to uh, be the goaltending coach for uh, Pittsburgh, but uh, from what I remember, and I would have to do I would have to do some digging on this. Uh, I think Mike Bales had something to do with Scott Darling at a different level. Maybe it was college Possibly. or something. Somewhere along the line, I think Mike Bales and Scott Darling had worked together. I, I believe I remember uh, reading that somewhere. So I think that's kind of why they, they go hand in hand. Yeah, um, but it's not that. working right now. No, boy. it's not. No, it's not. For sure. Um, I, re- I read something. You know, it's funny. I read a blog the other day. Um, this <laughs> was talking about how Carolina's best defenseman has been TVR. 
<laughs> uh, and yeah, he's playing so third maybe, pair. You know, maybe it, it isn't really fair necessarily to uh, to put it all on Darling. I don't know, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Crawford and the you know, I used to be one of those people who said that Crawford was was kind of a a middle of the pack goalie in the NHL, and he benefited from having a great defense in front of him. Now, this was a few years ago. He did for and, a while, though. I mean, 2013. 2014, 2015, um, and especially the last couple of years. I mean, my my respect for him and my appreciation of him has grown over that time. And we're to where the last couple of years, I'm like, you know, it's it's indisputable. This guy's one of the top three to five goalies in the league. And he, but you know, he's made himself that. I don't think he came into the league as you know a highly pedigreed. I mean, he was a second round draft pick. Um, he there was some good scouting on him, but he also was a guy who. You know, he couldn't beat out Antti Niemi in 2009-2010 for the backup job. And uh, so, um, you know, he's grown. He's grown in the position. But but without question today, I mean, he's he's the guy who sits back there and just looks at the rest of the team and wonders, you know, when are you guys going to get your shit together? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. They'd be terrible without him. I've been, I've been a huge Crawford fan, and I've mentioned this many times since, since you know, early on. And, uh that honestly and quite honestly it's one of the reasons why i really disliked Cristobal Huey was the fact that uh Crawford looked really well and it looked like he may be the backup to uh to uh Javi Bowen the, the the next year and then you know McDonough and 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 they went out that summer and they you know they they signed Hosa and they signed Huey and they they signed like all the you know and, and i think Campbell at the time i think i think they went and signed all these big names that summer and uh, Corey Crawford got pushed back down the depth chart and back down into Rockford. And uh, I felt at the time, you know, I'd like what I'd seen out of him the couple of games he played in the NHL. I kind of wanted to see him get a shot, and he never did. And uh, I was kind of salty about that. So, um, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> sorry to deep dive back into Corey Crawford's early career, but. Two more questions. Uh, the uh, this one's from the Talking Hawks guys who have a uh, you know a little podcast out in Denver. Uh, so the team's starting to click. Is there uh, there's some obvious holes to fill? What moves do you make, if any, at the deadline? Uh, you kind of touched on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just some depth at this point in time. So you know they could probably afford some depth if they were to have to go out and get a left wing, they'd be in trouble. But yeah, I mean that's why you got to. And it's funny, you, right when you said that, I was thinking, you know, they get, they just got to keep hoping that um, DeBrinket and Schmaltz, two very young players, um, but skip but talented players, that those guys continue to grow in those top six left wing roles, and um, that you know there isn't a necessity at the deadline to go out and get somebody because the price will be high, very high. Yeah. And I wanted to wrap it up with our favorite question from Cliff Deutsch. Uh, yeah. w- would you trade ADB, El Gato, Alex DeBrinkat, a top-end prospect like possibly Sakura, and a 2018 first-round draft pick for one and a half years of Eric Carlson? Well, what you say so, for that? <laughs> so setting aside the fact, and I'm going to hold on. I'm going to go to. I'm actually looking at my Ottawa Center. So, so Carlson makes six point five million. So you, there, there would be a, a salary cap issue there because ADB and um, you know his salary is like you know you you got a base, basically a six million dollar cap hit that you're taking on there. So 
the dollars might not work in that deal, but you know, maybe you can, you can, you know, juggle it some other way and make, and make that work. Now, setting aside the money, would I make that deal? Alex Debrinkit is a talented young guy, cost controlled for a couple of years at least. Um, nowhere to go but up with him. Um, and you, you know, you'd be interested to see how, what his, what his high end is. Um, Dylan Sakura is apparently the savior of the franchise. If we're going to lose Dan Bowman, hey, something burning. Uh, oh wait, it's you because you just got burned. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, and then you know, a 2018 first round pick that, assuming this deal helped you um, as the Hawks to get in the playoffs and 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 go deep in the playoffs, would not be a very high pick. It would be probably in that 25 range. So if I'm the GM of the Hawks and I and that deal is offered to me, I do it in a New York minute because here's the deal. Eric Carlson might be the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Uh, if you have a, uh, a top four where the first pairing is anchored by Duncan Keith and the second one or the, the first one's anchored by Eric Carlson, doesn't matter, and the second one's anchored by Duncan Keith – you are going to prevent or excuse me, present so many matchup problems for other teams. I mean, you're going to be able to shut teams down plus score from the back end and generate offense throughout your whole team from the back end. I mean, just it it would be crazy how good the Hawks potentially could be with a guy like Carlson on their team. It's worth sacrificing the future of DeBrinket. It's worth sacrificing a 25th or 24th overall pick and the great Dylan Sakura to do that, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you know where else he would help? The power play. Oh, immensely. And, they, you know, that, there's that power play quarterback that yep. this team's been missing yep. really since they, they traded the good Brian Campbell away in 2011. You know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I would do that, that deal in an absolute heartbeat. Now, I would too. Is it something the Hawks could pull off? Because the dollars don't work in that deal. Is it so, you know, is it something the Hawks could cobble together and make work? I don't know. I don't know if they have the assets that that I would would want, but uh, you know, could probably what they'd want back is they'd want at minimum Gustav Forsling and something you know really good offensively, like a Schmaltz or an, or an ADB as well. Yeah, at minimum. Yeah, you and know, there so would be I more. There I mean, would be more. I think I think you'd have to probably send like Forsling is probably right. You'd probably have to send Forsling back. You'd probably have to send to Brinkett or Sakura or both. Or and, Yeah. And maybe another player and a pick because you're getting a year and a half of Eric Carlson. And, uh, you know, the Blackhawks, of course, are not going to be able to pay him at the end of it. So you're right. just renting. He'd be gone. He'd be gone in the summer of 2019. Yeah. But, but let me say this. Let's, let's say the Hawks looking up and down their lineup and they figure they can sacrifice porcelain and, or, um, uh, Schmaltz or Debrinkat. I don't think all, I don't think all three, but but two of those guys. And they think they can sacrifice that. And you add Carlson in. You know what? If you could win a fourth Stanley Cup, I'm sorry, I would trade Alex Debrinkat or Nick Schmaltz to get a fourth Stanley Cup. I would absolutely do that because we take for granted getting Stanley Cups in Chicago. Now Stanley Cups are hard to come by. Yeah. You know, and I absolutely, I don't, I don't know. I would love to get another one while this, while this yeah. group is still together. Yeah. And I'm of the opinion, unless something like that happens, you're not going to see another Stanley Cup in this city uh, I, I agree. Know, before this gets burned down because I agree. Yeah. There's just, uh, yeah, this team as composed right now, it's improved. It's, it's, they're getting fun to watch, 
they're not winning a Stanley Cup as composed. They're just not deep enough. No, no, they won't make it past. They won't make it past two rounds. No way. So yeah, and and they won't next year and the year before. Like this is you know going forward. Like they're they're not going to go forward. They're going to go backwards. Uh, you know, it, so <clears throat> you know if they can't make a run this year, watch out. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think the window the window is another year or two. I think the the significance of of the summer of 2019 is is much larger. I think than. Maybe a lot of fans realize, I think, that the Hawks are looking at that as being a real watershed year in terms of, you know, making some hard hard decisions and some hard moves. So, you you know, Keith at that point, I think, is going to be 36. Um, Seabrook will be 34. Oh, he's already playing like he's 34. Um, <laughs> Taves will be 31. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it, I think at that point, you know, it's it's going to be real hard. I think at, at that point to, to get, you know, beyond that point to, to be looking at cups with the, with this group of guys. Yeah. They're going to turn into the Detroit Red Wings is what's going to happen. It's not before then. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, one more last thing. My boy, Billy, uh, the terrible Terrell, he said, happy Festivus to us. So it's a Festivus <laughs> miracle. <laughs> Another Festivus miracle. Yeah. There you go. I had to pull those uh, old sound clips out for him. So I think that wraps it up. I think we're done for the, uh, for the evening. Uh, uh, so, uh, you can find all of our wonderful content at the aforementioned the dash rink.com fresh with their brand new message boards. Please sign up, add yourself into the mix. Uh, and let us know, uh, let us know what you think of what we have to say. So you'll be able to comment on the podcast. So, uh, as you're listening along, Feel free to log in and let us know what you think about what we had to say tonight. Uh, you can find us on the popular social medias. Uh, most of them are all at the rink official. Uh, we also have at the rink cast for the podcast. Uh, I am on the Twitters at puck and hostel. You, sir, are at J A E C K E L. That's Jekyll. Indeed. Yes, sir. Uh, we mentioned before, if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. It helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it, which is why I, I like to, to, to call them out on the air and give you a little bit of a credit for taking your time out, out of your busy day to do that. Um, uh, everybody head over to puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y. They got a lot of good stuff out there for Christmas gifts. Uh, we're still hoping to get, uh, that, <laughs> We're still hoping to get that, that merch line in soon. If, you know, if it doesn't come around for Christmas and it may not still next year, man, you guys can, uh, you know, if you buy some rink gear and take some pictures of, uh, of you wearing it, send it over to us. I'll put it up on our Instagram. I'll put it up on our Facebook page. I'll put it on our Twitter account. Uh, we'll get your, you know, get you out there get you some follows and stuff like that. So, uh, that's what we're, we're shooting for. Um, John, any other plugs or anything you want to? Yeah. Um, one thing, um, Bob Clem, I, I, Gate, I don't know if you know Bob. He's uh, he's a goalie, a uh, Hawk fan, a uh, real good guy. He has a, a foundation that he started um, to uh, honor his late wife who died of pancreatic cancer. It's called Have a Skate with Bob, H-A-S-B. Um, and, uh, you know, I've... I've uh, plug Bob's foundation a couple times in the past. And I just, you know, I, I saw some stuff from him on Facebook today and, and, uh, and on Twitter. And I wanted to, uh, to just, uh, tell people to go check out Bob's, uh, foundation, have a skate with Bob. He has some, uh, some hockey based promotions that he does. And, uh, 
Um, it's all, you know, like he contributes quite a bit to pancreatic cancer research. Um, Bob Clem, K-L-E-M, have a skate with Bob, H-A-S-B. Go check it out. I, I don't have a URL, but that inf- you can Google that and you, you'll you'll get to him. I will uh, add that into the description of the podcast. So if awesome. a, anyone wants to go to the website, you can pull up the podcast. This episode, uh, I will add it at the end. Uh, also, uh, what I do have on, on, on the podcast in the description, since you brought it up too, um, Friend of mine, uh, Tony Garcia, his son Jack, yeah. uh, you know, is having uh, medical problems. Um, uh, they sent up a, they set up a GoFundMe for them. Uh, I mentioned this on a couple, a uh, couple other previous episodes. Uh, you can go to www.gofundme.com/slash/JackGarciaMedicalFund. The link will also be in the description of the podcast. So if uh, if you have it in you uh, to to help them out during uh, you know this holiday season, uh, we would appreciate that as well. Uh, I think that's it for me. Uh, so thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next week, see you on the rink.